24, look at this in verse number 32, starts by saying, Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near, at the doors even. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and of that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other one left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Now, Father, we thank you for this most important part of our time together today. It's the part where we hear your word, we study your word, and we're transformed by your word. And that is what we pray happens today. Transform us by the power of your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's still kind of hard to believe that we are in 2011. Wow. How many are glad to see 2010 go by? Come on, just wave to it. <laughs> bye bye And it's never going to come again. We have this year, maybe, right? We may not even get the fulfillment of all of this year, truth be told. We have January the 9th, 2011. It is before us. And last week I did my best to deliver the word that the Lord had put in my spirit. I encourage you to make some resolutions. Set some goals. Make some vows. Right? We vowed before the Lord. We resolved in our spirits and in our hearts that we were going to, for instance, give to the Lord what belonged to Him. Tithing this year as never before. Faithful in this area. We made up our minds that we were going to get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get into us. And that the word of God, both the reading and meditating and delighting in, would be our priority. Did we not make this resolution together, church? Amen. We made a decision to live a holy life, devoting ourselves to prayer and fasting. Which, by the way, today we break our week of prayer and fasting. And I'm having meat and sweets today. Just wanted to let you know. So I want you to step into this new year with gusto and vigor, dreaming, 
and hoping, setting goals. Set some goals that are absolutely ridiculous. There's no way that in your own ability you can reach them. Those are the good kind. Those are the kind that you can look back and say, God had to do that. Don't just set safe goals, set big goals. But as you set your goals, there's something that I want to tell you. In fact, I have a secret for you. Oh, some of y'all just sit right on the edge of your chair right there. See, we love secrets. I mean, the juicier, the better. Let's face it, right? Who doesn't like a secret? You like when somebody comes up and says, now, I've got something to tell you that you have to promise to me. You won't tell another living soul, right? Don't you tell another living soul. By the way, let me just interject this right, right here and right now. Every person that you tell don't, and you ask, don't tell another living soul, has a living soul that they can tell not to tell another living soul. It is the truth. If you truly don't want something shared, don't share it with anybody. Because everybody thinks in their mind, now when she told me not to tell anybody else, it did not include her. It did not include him. Because after all, we are one. Right? We can justify it all which way we want. But I've got a secret. Here's the thing. I don't know what the secret is. I mean, all totally confused now. Yeah. Well, the secret, it's actually the best kept secret of all time. It's concerning an event that is about to take place. It is the return of. Of Christ. The secret part that I don't know is the actual when. I don't know that. That's the secret that I don't know. But I know parts that are surrounding this event and, and the timing of this event. I know it is an event. So as you plan, as you prepare, as you step into 2011 with all that you have and all that you hope. Remember this. The best kept secret of all time. Jesus Christ is going to return. Oh, I see. I thought somebody might get excited about that. But I don't know if people really are excited about this. I don't know if people really grasp the reality. I don't know if people realize that it's actually an event that's going to happen, Dave. Christ is returning. I want us to plan. Karen, I want you and I planning, dreaming, hoping for you and I, for our children, for this church. But we must always remember Christ is coming. Christ is coming. That should excite you. 
This parable is talking about the future. It talked about a fig tree. And as a fig tree blooms and brings forth leaves and produces its fruit, it lets you know something. Something is coming. There's a season coming. Fig trees don't produce leaves and figs in the wintertime. In the springtime, they start to bud out, producing new leaves. By the way, how many are taking notes today? Let me see your hand. Good, good, good. How many would like to take notes if you had a pen and paper? All right, ushers, go get some pens and bring some bulletins that they can write on the back of the bulletin. Let's start some doing some things this year, folks, that we have not done. Karen and I, she showed me she's got a whole bookshelf full of journals through the years. She's just been journaling sermons, just taking the notes. Pastor, staff, I want you to this year do something new. I'm not that great of a speaker, I've got to admit. But it ain't about my ability to speak. It's about hearing God and the word that he wants to put into us. How many need a pen today? Ushers are bringing pens and maybe a bulletin that you can just write down some notes on the back. I, I think we'll retain more if we hear it. We also write it down. You can tuck that away. Good, good, good. It also talks about Noah's flood. Noah's flood is foreshadowing this sacred secret. The biggest surprise of all time. The return of Christ. Wow. Do you know that there have been those who have predicted the actual day of the return of Christ? They've done so wrongly, by the way. I found that in 1843, it was predicted Jesus was returning it was also predicted in 1844 because he did not return in 1843. I promise you. It was predicted in 1914. This was a date that a preacher thought he had heard God. Wrongly predicted. Now these dates maybe are before our time, but how many remember in 1988? Uh-huh. 1988, the prediction came, Jesus is returning. How about this? 2000. Right? Well, it makes total sense. It's an even number. It's the beginning of a new millennium. God kind of works in thousands. Right? I've heard it all. You've heard it all. But guess what? He did not return in 2000. Because we're here, and it's 2011. And when he returns, I'm going in the rapture. I don't know about you, but I don't plan on sticking around here. I'm going to be caught up with them that died and rose again. I'm going to be caught up with the dead in Christ who are raptured out of the grave and those who've been called out of the ocean. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. And it hadn't even come yet. Anybody know where I'm going? 2012. Uh-huh. 
Thank you, Nostradamus. They even, they even pinning the date here. Not maybe so much the return of Christ, but the end of the world. Yeah, we only got, what, nine months left, guys. Or uh, let's see, ten months. What we got? Eleven months left. I don't do math very well, sorry. December, what is it? December 21? Anybody heard this? Cataclysmic event. You know what? If Jesus wants to return on December 21st, 2012, it's okay by me. But it won't be because some man predicted it. I promise you that. It'll be because he said it all along. He said, I'm coming. There are a few things I want you to understand and I want you to jot down. First of all, this surprise, it will surprise the world mostly. The vast majority of the world could care less, let's face it. You're, you're living with them. You're rubbing shoulders with them day in, day out. You're working with them. They're not thinking about Jesus returning. Am I right? I mean, let's be honest and truthful. The majority of believers, <laughs> if we would truly be honest, we're not thinking every day about the Lord's return. If we were... And we, it would cause us to live differently. There would be an urgency in our living, in our giving, in our, in our talking, in our walking. We don't live every day thinking this may be the day. We don't think this may be the year. But I want 2011 for us to think, church, this may be the year. Because it might be. All the signs are adding up. They're pointing the world's going to be totally surprised. Oh, they'll probably try to pawn it off on some alien abduction, I would think. Makes sense, doesn't it? Just every so often, they'll throw out this, Are Aliens Real? report. Just to kind of plant a seed in people's minds. So when this cataclysmic event occurs... And all those who call on the name of Christ and have been bought with the blood and have been redeemed and have been washed, we are raptured out of here. They'll have something to say. But I don't know about you, but I won't be here to hear it. I'll already be walking on streets of gold. I'll already be talking with the prophets of old. I'll already be shaking hands with the disciples. I'll already be wrapping my arms around my mother's neck. And most importantly, I'll already have fallen before the throne of Almighty God and worshiping Him face to face. I won't be around to hear all of that. And I don't want you to be around all of it. They can drop their mouths in astonishment and, and surprise all they want. I won't be here to see it. The world's going to be surprised by this event as it was in the days of Noah. See, in the days of Noah, they thought he was a lunatic. They thought he had lost his mind. Some old man building a boat in an area not even close to the ocean? 
a boat so big it would house two of every kind of animal, I think the majority of us would think he had lost his mind. And if he lived in our neighborhood, I promise you, we wouldn't like it. We can be all holy and pious now because we've read the end of the book, but if we lived in that day, I promise you it would be different. We would probably be the ones poking fun at him and laughing at him. And The butt of the joke was Noah and his building, but you know what he did? He just kept right on hammering. He just kept right on sawing. He kept right on measuring, building specifically what God had called him to build. Let them laugh, let them scorn, let them mock. There's coming a day when rain is coming. There's coming a day when rain is coming. And I want to be ready. Let my neighbors laugh at me. I'm going to build my ark. And I'm going to be ready when the flood comes and when the rains fall. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. People mock and scorn the cause of Christ and those who follow him. Believers are so ashamed, it's sad. We sheepishly go into our workplace. We don't want to offend anyone, do we? The government has come down so hard on us. You know, I got an invitation a, a week ago from our city council. It was actually quite wonderful. They invited me to be a part of their invocation. Once a month, they meet as a city council. And they'd ask me if I would, from time to time, they would put me on a rotation, come and pray. Come on, church. Somebody ought to say thank God for that. Hmm. P.S. As you may have already known, they went on to say, there was a ruling in the courts that asked all who are praying to be sure and make, make sure it's not a sectarian prayer. In other words, they said, I mean, they made it very plain, there's no guesswork. Don't pray the name Jesus or Christ or Allah. So I said, well, I can get across the name of Jesus without ever saying his name. The only true living God, the one who was and still is, to the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, I never did say Jesus. Come on now. So I signed up to go and pray every so often at city council this year. Hey, hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. I don't know if they know what they asked for. How about we see La Palma turned upside down? How about we see La Palma turned on her ear this year? And every other city that's represented in this room. Let me preach on. Hmm. The world's going to be surprised, but here, i got to move into point two. There's more I want to say about the world, but I I'd rather get on. Sadly, not only will the world be surprised... There's a good many believers are going to be surprised. The return of Christ is going to take some Christians by surprise. Look at verse number 42. Watch. Somebody say watch. 
Are you doing that? When is the last time? I remember, I remember, Jimmy, I was golfing. I don't golf. I mean, I, I like it. I actually do like it. But I'm no good at it, and so that keeps me from doing it. But I like to get around others who are no good at it. Then it makes me feel a little better. I don't care if I win. You know, I like getting out. Anyway, I was golfing years ago, years ago. And I remember I looked up in the sky, and I thought to myself, which way is east? And I, I, I figured out the, where I was geographically, and I looked east. And I thought, God, well, what if today, what if today the clouds are parted, the trumpet is sounded, Jesus is summoned. What if today Jesus returns? I mean, it, 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 to, the, to this day, even as I say it, it is vivid in my imagination. I was at, in Springfield, Missouri, Dan, still at, still at Springfield, Missouri, little, little uh, nine-hole par three golf course. And I looked up and I thought, today might be the day. When is the last time you wondered which way was east? When is the last time you looked up with wonder and awe and say, I wonder if today could be the day? Have you ever done that? I say we start doing that. Let's figure out which way's east. How about it right now? Which way's east in here? Come on. This way east? I think this way's east, right? This building's a little crooked here, you know. This way, let's say, okay, everybody, come on, point and look. I know we're not looking up at the heavens, but I want you to, let's do this a little exercise today. What if today, Gerald? Today, Wilma. What if today could be the day? See, the scripture tells us we should be watching. Watch, therefore. Hmm. For you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. You know, there are some Vegas, uh, Vegas believers. <laughs> yep, I'll get there. Y yeah, I know. Matt's going, what are you, what? I call them Vegas believers. I, uh, believers is probably pretty strong. Vegas people. But see, they're, they're betting their money that on their deathbed, they'll get a chance to say their little sinner's prayer and ask God to forgive them. They're banking everything on the house, so to speak, believing that God's grace is so big that it'll just cover their sin whether they ask it to or not. I mean, there are people that believe that. They think you're born a Christian. Do you know the Bible says that unless a man be born again, is that Bible today? Unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Folks, if you're a believer today, you need to be watching. You need to be totally and completely prepared for one of the greatest events that ever will take place. The second coming of Christ. Oh, I want you to plan for this year. I, I believe great things are ahead this year. I really do. 
God showed me some things. I got away for a few days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this past week. Alone. My wife didn't go with me. I didn't bring any staff with me. Just me and God, me and the Holy Ghost. And I believe there are great things ahead for this church. Things we've not yet seen, La Palma Christian Center. Things we've not yet done, La Palma Christian Center. People we've not yet reached, La Palma Christian Center, right before us. But I want always for us to think and remember, Jesus is going to return. So my question to you and my third point, they both just kind of coincided together. Are you ready? Are you ready for the return of Christ? Now, there are a majority of people in this room who would say, well, of course, of course I'm ready. I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Well, you see, being ready for the return of Christ is twofold. There are actually two ways that you can be ready for the return of Christ. Number one, you can be ready for the return of Christ by accepting the gift from God of everlasting life. How do you accept the gift of God? Come on, I'm asking a question for a response. The gift of eternal life is only through one person. It is through his son, Jesus Christ. So if you have asked Jesus to come into your life and rid you of wrong, forgive you of sin, if you have confessed with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord, then you, my friend, are ready for the rapture. You are ready for the return of Christ. How many would say today, Pastor Steve, I've got that qualification already checked off my list. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that he is Lord. Amen. Barry, it's nice to see you, my friend. I meant to say hello to you a little bit ago, but Barry Miller's here. They have moved to Idaho, and uh, I'm glad he's here. I wish, I don't know if the rest of your family's here or not, but boy, it sure is nice to see you. We love and miss you so much. Now listen, folks, there's a second way you can be ready for the return of Christ. Let me, let me get into the word here. And I'm going to land this plane. We're going to bring it all home. Oh, let me see. I got off my notes here. That's dangerous for a pastor to do. Here it is. I think I found it. Verse number 42. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Of course, if we all were ready and knew the day, we'd all get our houses ready. We'd all be ready. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then, now l l let's read on. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, finds so doing. And here is how you can be ready. By so doing. I do not believe 
that it is enough for me or for you to simply accept Christ as our personal Savior, and that's all we do. I believe that event should put in motion a whole series of other events, which is to say, I'm going to take my tie off, I'm going to roll my sleeves up, I'm going to get my work boots on, and I'm going to help teach and preach and lead somebody else to God. I'm going to help feed somebody else, making sure there's food in the house. In other words, what are you doing right now until he comes? This is how you can be ready for the return of Christ. Not, it's not enough that you are simply a believer in Christ. You pray to sinner's prayer, and then you do nothing to help the cause of Christ. Now, if you're still taking notes, there's a, just a little bit more that I want to give to you, and then you can put your pen away. Under this second part of being ready, there's, there's two ways that you can actually be serving the Lord. You can be doing the work in the house of God. And this really is not a point to try to recruit people, although we need help. This church always needs help. Pastor Moses, would you like some more choir members and band members? Come on. The youth department, the children's department, our nursery, Royal Rangers and Missionettes, our media department, camera crew, refuge. See, we need help. We're, we're just paddling as, as fast as we can. And there's people just coming and eating, and then they leave. They don't greet people. They don't usher. They don't sweep. They don't clean a toilet. They don't do nothing. They just come and eat. I'm sorry. You see, I love you enough, though, to say that. Because I think it's a tragedy that the same 20, 30, 50 people do everything in a church. You know, they say if you want to get something done, find somebody busy. Well, it's really true. We shuffle people around here all the time. We, we think, oh, this person would be so great here. Well, they're already in three other things, so we have to kind of move them because they're willing and they're just ready to work. I said this last week, but I dare somebody to just come up to me and say, Pastor, I, I'm here. I don't know what God has for me this year, but I'm just here. I want to be used. I triple dog dare you. There, I said it. I threw it down there. Right? That's in. That's it. We don't have to go any further. The triple dog dare has been thrown down. The gauntlet has been thrown. We'll find what your abilities and talents are. You need to be, in order to be ready for the return of Christ, I believe you ought to be working in the church. But here's the second part of being ready in working for the Lord. You need to be working outside of the doors. Come on, Floyd. See, I just struck a chord in Floyd right there because that's his heart. That, I mean, if you cut Floyd and Debbie Waterfield, they're going to bleed evangelism. It, I'm just telling you, that's just their thing. But see, too many people just say that. They're like, well, that's their thing. Floyd, I would love for you to call me. And here's what I'm praying happens. I pray that you call me and say, Pastor, I have so many people signed up for EE this this class, this semester, that I don't have enough workers. I don't have enough teachers. I, don't, I need more classroom space. We're going to have to put up more chairs and more tables. 
There's so many people that want to come to this class to learn how to be effective in evangelizing. You're going to have to help me. I want that kind of a phone call. But maybe I have a little bit of doubt. And if I do, God forgive me. I don't think you're going to call me. I don't think you're going to need to call me. Because, see, too many people really don't care. They don't care if people go to hell. If we cared, we'd do something about it. We'd get ourselves trained and we'd learn. It's one of the best classes you, uh, you could ever take. For 13 weeks long, it's aggressive. It's a time commitment, but it's so worth it. And you can take it anywhere. I've used evangel evangelism explosion in uh, just about every country I've ever been in. I would rearrange your schedule. When does EE next class start? Okay, well, see, it's right here on the horizon. EE, -E, Evangelism Explosion, January the 25th is orientation, which is just their chance to come and check it out, right? Sign up today. Is there a sign up? Get out there and get a sign up at the end of this. Get a piece of paper out of the trash if you have to. Have people sign up for this and get their phone numbers. I want us to make a difference in the church and outside of the church. Church? It's high time. It's past time. It's overdue. Because guess what? Jesus is returning. Every head bowed in this room. Hallelujah. There's just not time to play games. And I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want the status quo. Let's not go into 2011 with the same old, same old attitude. Let's believe for something fresh and something new and something different. And let us on an ongoing basis, let us routinely be saying privately and corporately, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm trying to say this more, church. I'm trying to encourage you to say it more, but I want you to kind of get on board with me. Let's spur one another along, which the Bible, by the way, encourages us that we ought to do. It'll be a reminder that we don't have long in this world, and that's good and that's bad. It's good in that we will be transported to a new place, a new destiny, a new home. But the negative side is there's still so much work to do right here. So hopefully it will also put an urgency in us to do the work of the ministry in the house of God, to evangelize outside of these doors. You know, I said a moment ago, the first way that a person can be ready for the return of Christ is to accept the free gift of eternal life. I wonder if there's anyone here today that you are ready to receive this gift. If you're tired of living the life that you've been living, why don't you let God in? <laughs> I'm talking about all the way in.
Let him get into your affairs. Let him get into your business. Let him get into your thinking. Accept his plan of everlasting life by receiving Christ today. Ask him to forgive your sins. Confess him as Lord and you'll be saved. If that's you today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for a new life. I want to receive this gift of everlasting life. Pray for me. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Put it up high so I can see you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Is there anyone else? I'm looking all around. Don't delay. Don't wait another day. Thank you. Anyone else? You would just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm ready. I want this year to be different. I want to accept Christ as my Savior. Lift your hand now and let me pray for you. Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. Yes. I'm going to have everybody stand in just a moment. And as I have the whole congregation stand, if you've lifted your hand, I want to seal the deal, so to speak. So as we all stand, I want you to take that opportunity to move out from where you are. Floyd and Debbie Waterfield are going to be here as well as Pastor Dave. And they are going to help me pray. So congregation, Stand with me as Pastor Moses leads us in this chorus. And if you've raised your hand, step out right now. Come on, step out right now. Come to this altar and let me pray for you. Yes, Lord. More than words can say. I need you more. I need you more. I need you more. Need you more. more than yesterday. More than yesterday. I need you more. Come on, is there anybody else you'll courageously step out and meet more me right than here? Words can say, I need you more. Mm. More than ever before. As the counselors continue praying and leading these who have come forward, I want to say to you that tonight, folks, tonight is not going to be like our normal Sunday night. How many were here last Sunday night? There was a powerful, powerful anointing in this room. And we took the time to pray. It turned into a old-time prayer meeting, really. But it was fresh and new. I'm forewarning everybody here tonight, and as I do, I want to encourage all that can and will to join us. But it's not going to be like, like normal. Whatever normal is for us anymore, I don't even know myself. And I like that. We're going to have an extended time of worship, and we are going to pray. We are going to get a hold of God and let God get a hold of us. I've called it encountering God. And if you would like to encounter God in a new way, I encourage you to get here on Sunday nights. Bring the things that are hindering you. 
Bring, if you have bills that are, you're, not, you're not able to pay, bring one of those. Or just bring an envelope for one of those. We're going to anoint and believe for restoration, turnaround, and overflow. Restoration, turnaround, and overflow. Come on, somebody say that with me. Restoration, turnaround, and overflow. If you have an unsaved loved one, find a picture of them. We're going to anoint that picture and let that be a, a point of connection for us. I believe that unsaved family are going to come to know Christ this year. Anybody daring to believe with me for that? Whatever your struggle is, bring your mortgage in here. Bring your car payment in here. We're going to anoint some things, and we're going to pray that God breaks some things and turn some things around this year. Bring the doctor's report that he's typed up and written to you. Let us anoint that and pray over that. We serve a miraculous God. Come on now. Let's dare to ask him for miracles and believe him for some miracles this year. Join me. We're going to do some preliminary prayer at 5.30. The official service starts at 6.30. I want to see you here. Pastor Dave, come and dismiss us in prayer if you don't mind. Father God, we come to you once again, and we're so thankful, Father, that you sent your Son, that we might have salvation through him. Father, I pray that you would challenge us to, to get to work inside the church and outside the church, Father, so that we are truly ready. And God, may we always be looking for your quick return. Father, I pray blessings upon each and every one of us, O oh God, as we go. Lord, may we have a restful afternoon, always watching for you. Bring us back safely tonight, God, and set us on fire for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' precious name, amen.